left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing to Yell. A shot. Save made by Aguila. Three rebound. Another shot. They score! The Flames win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. All right. Happy Friday. Let's get things going on this Friday, October 13th. I just realized. Whoa. It's Friday the 13th. I, I didn't no even idea. think idea on that. That couple can't be of, good. A couple of sharp kids over here. Uh, welcome to the program. We're underway on this Friday the 13th. Uh, Steinberg, Vickers on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 in the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450, or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockandSafe.com. What's up, Vic? Oh, just chilling, talking some flames. How about you? Uh, you don't know if we're going to talk about the flames. Isn't it called Flames Talk? We could be talking about other things. <laughs> No, we can't. No, we'll talk, we'll talk about the Flames. Sure, why not? Uh, let's go inside hockey. Do just that for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op. Wine Spirits beer today. So the Flames have played approximately 1.2% of their season, which, by my math, leaves about 98.8% to go of the 2023-24 season. But as we talked about after the win over Winnipeg, as we talked about on Thursday's Flames talk, a lot of fine-tuning needed as the Flames head out for a five-game road trip. In fact, I asked Nikita Zadorov about that on Thursday after practice, about some of that fine-tuning, and, and he says it's going to take more than just a game or two here. It's going to take, take time to adjust, you know, new coaching, new system, for sure. I mean, it's the same thing for Ryan. It's going to take him time to adjust to us. It's going to take us time to adjust to the new coach. So I think it's getting there. You know, I feel like we're progressing every game, go on and on. We're getting better in our D zone. I feel like the, yesterday was more, more the problem was neutral zone. I don't think we were really good on the neutral zone for check, and then we get... It was easy for Winnipeg to forecheck our D, so I think that was pretty hard for the D to get out the, uh, from the pressure. So th- there's some areas we got to clean up, and it's going to go. It's going to take us some time for sure because it's a new system. But now a five-game road trip, and I think a really good opportunity to iron out some kinks. You uh, take a look at the way the schedule shapes up. They, if they're not there already, they're still in the air as we're talking right now on a Friday en route to Pittsburgh. They'll play five games in nine days starting on Saturday. So lots of hockey in there, but they also get a two-day break. Uh, There's only one back-to-back on this five-game trip. They've got maybe – so they'll have time for at least one practice, if not two practices on the road. And so I think with a lot of hockey being played, like a lot of game action, and on top of that, the opportunity for a practice or two, well, you said on Thursday's Flames Talk when we were going through our burning questions, when I said when or or how long does it take for them to clean up some of the things they need to, you said when they're back at home after this trip would be a good time to maybe start to see it. When you take a look at the way the trip shapes up, that seems pretty realistic to me. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, as it stands, five games and nine nights, as you said, and there's uh, only one back-to-back, which I think is key. And not only that, but there's uh, opportunity to practice on the Tuesday, Wednesday of next week with uh, two games, two, two off days between games. 
And I really think that this is something that the Calgary Flames can use, not only to come together on the ice and, and through a lot of video sessions and a lot of time spent in the air where you can dissect things if you choose to dig into the video or whatnot, but also an opportunity to get the boys together, get them out on the road, get them bonding a little bit. And yeah, there's a lot of familiar faces from last year's team returning this season. But is there's that also not like the biggest cliche. Yes, and but they at buy the it. same time. It's one of the cliches that seems accurate. It's so does that make it a cliche or does that make it a fact? Or can they both be both? the same? Yeah, a little bit of both. Because remember how last season shook down? It was horrendous from a team building standpoint with so many new high impact players joining the roster and then not being able to get on the road for the first three, four weeks of the month of the season. Pardon me. I just think that this is going to be a good opportunity to set a tone both on the ice and off the ice for the Calgary Flames, having been cooped up for training camp for what seemed like forever. And now you've got the opportunity to get on the road. You're hitting different cities. You're not just hitting Western conference cities. You're not just hitting the Pacific division like you did all throughout uh, training camp. You've got the chance to head east and, and really forge relationships on a bonding trip. Well, and also the teams they're playing, and I'm not trying to suggest the Flames are a high-end elite group because from what we saw on, on Wednesday and what happened last year, that's not what they are right now. But it's not like they're going through a, uh, a gauntlet or a murderer's row. Like, is it not five non-playoff teams from last season that they play on this trip? That Pittsburgh is... just missed. Washington missed. Buffalo just missed, and obviously Detroit and Columbus didn't make it either. So five straight non-playoff teams before they come home to face the Rangers. Now, I'm not saying that that means they're going to win all five, but all I'm saying is that as they're going to need to use it as a stretch of time where they get some of their fine-tuning done, and you talk about it being a good opportunity for everybody to come together and all that cliche-slash-fact stuff, well, it also is going on against teams that are a little less high. It's not like they're going through New York, New Jersey, and having to take on the real heavies in the Eastern Conference. So I think just everything about it has the potential to shape up really nicely for Calgary. Yeah, and it's a little teapot to kettle because the Calgary Flames, they didn't make the playoffs either. So they're on, in my mind, a little bit of level footing. And I, to this day, I don't know what to make of the Pittsburgh Penguins and the acquisition of Eric Carlson and what that's going to do. And are the Washington Capitals on the downslope, even though Ovechkin's still chasing Gretzky for the goal record? You know I'm a big fan of the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings and what they might be able to do in the Eastern Conference this season with some teams that are primed with a lot of young talent that should be ready to take the next step. And then, of course, later in the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are a rebuilding team but still have a lot of elite young talent might have the best collection of 21 and under in their organization is as good as any team in the NHL. So you're right that this shapes up as you're not playing Tampa, then Carolina, then New Jersey, so on and so forth. You're getting beatable teams to start the season, but it's up to the Calgary flames to actually capitalize on that because they're in the exact same boat as these five other opponents as non-playoff teams from a year ago. How does this compare to the way things started last season, which is very polar opposite. So last year, the Flames started at home, beat Colorado in the the Kadri revenge game. Revenge. I don't know if revenge Revenge? is the right word. Cup ring presentation game. I I want a Stanley Cup with you. I'm getting my revenge. The the Kadri against his old team game. Then they go to Edmonton, win that game. 
come home and have an eight-game homestand to kick things off, and it worked out that nine of their first ten games were on home ice. And this ten, year, ten of ten were in the province of Alberta. That's right. They did not leave the boundaries of Alberta for the first ten games of the season. And this year, they play one at home, they win the game over Winnipeg, and they're off for five on the road. And remember, two years ago, they started in Edmonton, lost, came home for one, lost in overtime to Anaheim, and then went out on the road and went five for five. Now, I'm I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting that they're going to go five for five here. All I'm saying is it compares quite differently to what we saw last year. And it seems like the consensus now, and even the consensus a year ago was this shapes up way better because nobody, remember, nobody was excited about nine of the first 10 at home. Daryl Sutter players are all like, yeah, the schedule is what it is, but I don't think this is ideal. No. And it doesn't shape up for the rest of the season. When you burn nine of 41 home games in the first three weeks of the season. And what did they not lose the last well, five they, of those because remember they started, they started five home, and one, yeah. and then the last part of, part of the homestand they lost like the last four or five in a row as part of that seven game losing streak that kind of derailed their entire year. Yeah, so they lost on the 29th to the Oilers at home, and then flipped the calendar over to November. Loss, loss, OT loss, OT loss. Yeah, loss, loss. Yeah, they uh, they lost. Three games on the road when they finally went out from November 7th to November 10th and then returned home to a win. But like that is basically all of your training camp is spent in Calgary. If you're playing a road game, you're usually flying day of and coming back post game. So it's not like you're enjoying the sights of Winnipeg when you do get on the road. And then you're basically landlocked in Alberta from October 13th to November 7th a year ago before heading out on the road. Just in talking to players in conversation, this shapes up so much better. It's it's better from a change of scenery. And Ryan Husky even said it, where it's not that family's a distraction, but getting away from home and heading out on the road can really be a positive thing for your players. And now the Calgary Flames have the opportunity to do just that, where last year it was, all right, here's uh, here's Alberta, here's Calgary. Make yourself right at home yep. because you ain't leaving for a while. Here's uh, Nikita Zadorov when he spoke about the same thing. It's nice. You know, we've been with our families for five months, a little too long. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, it's nice to get together, you know, especially at the start of the year. We got a few new faces, you know, get a couple dinners together, get to know each other. So, for sure, it's, it's kind of, it, it brings guys together, obviously. The Zadorov laugh is going to. I think he's going to catch on more and more. A little too long. <laughs> That's back-to-back just absolute gem clips that you've played. Going back to, well, Zadorov today, Rasmus Anderson yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, you're on a heater, Patrick. You better watch out. Well, going to get Oh, if I could just, for every dad joke that I have, can you just cue up Zadorov's laugh afterwards? That'd be fantastic. You need it for some of the. Ooh, the groaners. Yeah, there's some. Wow, that's a heavy buzz. But. Um, what does a successful road trip look like here for the Flames? Because you, you take a look at the way it shapes up. We talked about the opposition, but near the end, it's actually a pretty uh, chill road trip at the beginning. And then the last half of it is the type of trip that can be a bit of a meat grinder. Yeah, three and four nights. They're starting Thursday at Buffalo, the back-to-back with Columbus and then ending with a day off before facing the Detroit Red Wings. 
we're going to talk about cliches and getting on the road and being around the boys and that being half cliche, half fact. Where are you on the overused, you know, if there's five games on a road trip, coming back with five points, playing 500 point percentage is the acceptable standard for coming back. Where are you on that? Because I look at this road trip and I go, I can see them winning this one, losing that one, so on and so forth, and coming back near that 500 points percentage mark. But I also look at it and go, this is a real good opportunity to go four and one or three one and one and really sort of yeah, I jumping ahead. Three one and one is when you're like, oh, yeah, that, that sounds about that sounds doable. Um, I look because this team is very much still figuring out what they're all about. I, I don't know if I have like a well, they must get this. It's more about I in the early stages here. It's more about the process, and I know that people hate hearing that term, but I do think. There's a little bit of grace for the first, I don't know, six, seven, ten games of, of trying to work in some of these new X's and O's and get comfortable with them and all that type of stuff. Um, but three one and one seems doable when you take a look at the opposition. And I know the Flames are also a non-playoff team from yep. last year, so they're right in the mix. But that, to me, is, there's lots of parity. And I... I that would be a successful road trip for me. I don't know if I, I don't know if they go, you know, one, two, and two, or two and three. If I come home and they come home and I say, well, that was a failure because there's a whole lot more to it because we're evaluating how Markstrom's playing and if he can continue to look like the guy they need him to be. We're evaluating how Huberdeau's playing. We're evaluating how he and Elias Lindholm play together. We're evaluating where Sharon Govich and Dubé and Manjapani fit best and how these pairings are coming coming along. So. To me, there is a whole lot more under the surface as opposed to just the record as to what makes it a successful road trip. But I do think, you know, 3-1-1 and would be 7 out of possible 10 points. I I think that's doable when you take a look at the opposition. Yeah, I don't think it's like, oh, geez, where are they going to have to steal game? There's no game on this road trip that they have to steal to get to 3-1-1. and But at the same time, not to harp on it, five non-playoff teams, Calgary Flames weren't. So non equal footing in my book. So your process over points, because I think that just if, early on, I think that they can find a way to do both. And I know you're not going to go, well, yeah, that's, that's an option. I'm not trying to say that, you know, process and they, they start to build and build and they go one and four and can still be a success. I think they can do both just like we saw against the Winnipeg jets. It's going to require Jacob Markstrom to steal another game or two along the way. And Dan Vladar is going to have to shine if, and when he gets a game in on this road trip, like we discussed on Thursday, I'm just looking through this and I'm going three, one and one should be attainable, especially with the quote unquote cliched, get the boys out on the road, get them together, but also having time to further study and analyze what didn't work against the Winnipeg Jets, what did, what adjustments need to be made, the X's and O's of moving back to the zone defensive structure that Ryan Huska wants them to play, the cleaner breakouts that Nikita Zadorov referenced. These are all things that the Calgary Flames can do <laughs> without having to drop points to the likes of the Buffalo Sabres or the Columbus Blue Jackets, in my book. Well done, not, not losing your train of thought. There. Oh, buddy. It doesn't take much, you're squirrel. A pro, you're a pro. Uh, this says, um, when talking about the road trip, 4-1, uh, and one, like the start of 21-22. Did they not go 5-5 five for five on that road trip, if I remember correctly? I feel like they did. They came home with a five-game winning streak, if I remember correctly. I'm Back in 21 Yeah, they did. Then they came. They said so they went five for five on that trip, came home and beat Philadelphia as well. And it was like 
all of a sudden they started 0-2 with an overtime loss, and then they went on this ridiculous run where they won six in a row, lost two in overtime, won again. So you're like, oh, boy, this is a pretty good group. They ended up getting off to a, a really good start to that season. So I'm curious if this trip can be something similar. Um, this says, uh, it's a bit random, but I hope the Flames signs Zadorov to an extension. He seems like a solid human being. Not random at all in my books. We were just we just heard two clips from him. He's one of the he's the guy that it feels like is the last of the remaining kind of big four. And I take Shillington out of it just because we don't know his status. So Backlund's resigned and Toffoli's been traded, and Shillington will remove from the conversation. There were seven, now there's four. Hannaf Hannafin Lindholm, Tanev, those seem to be the three that come to mind when you talk about it first. And then it's like, and Zadorov, and yet it feels like Zadorov's the guy that might have the best chance of coming back, and he's the guy who wants to be here the most. I was going to say, does he just come last to the mind naturally because he was the one that was the most glowing about potentially returning and re-upping on a contract longer term with the Calgary Flames? Like, it's Could not be. a situation where it's like, oh, man, did you hear what Backlund said, and did you hear what Lindholm said? Nikita Zadorov said the opposite. He said he wanted to spend the rest of his career in Calgary, if I'm remembering right. He said, in I'd like to be a Calgary Flame for life. There we go. Said. So I wonder if that's just naturally the, and no disrespect to him, but he goes to the back burner because it just seems like you're going to have a willing player. I imagine you're going to have a willing team. I mean, it's going to depend on how he plays this season, obviously, but early returns look good and what he was able to do last year and the steps that he took, even though in my opinion, he wasn't as strong in the second half of last season as he was in the first half. But you've got a willing player and a guy that just seems kind of like a natural fit. So to me, he kind of escapes the mind. No disrespect to the player you, or his skill set. Just before we, uh, just just quickly, and we can get more into this on another day. But because that text came in, would you go, he's at 3.75 right now, finishing off a two-year deal. Would you go four by four? I knew that was exactly what you were going to say. I don't know how, but I was like, I would lock him in at four times four. He's set and forget. He's like that guy on your fantasy team that's going to get you and he has 8 to also 10 points. Improved in his time here. It's not like he's been a static player. He went from being, yep, third pair with Goodbranson in his first year to yeah, now he's kind of a he's kind of a guy that you're like, yeah, you kind of want to see him more in the top 4 if you can and uh right now he's playing with Uyghur. That's been a good pairing for him when they've been put together. So he's turned in he like he's improved and taken significant steps since he's gotten here. He's still just 28 years old. You could lock him up on a four by four. I'd be all for that if I'm the Flames. I, and and that seems that doesn't seem like we're ripping him off on the player side either. Like he's getting a raise and he gets some security. It feels like a a win win on both sides there. Yeah, I would think so. And so when you started to go down this path and went quick, how old is he? Because I think he's in his late twenties. Taking him to thirty three, I guess, is what it would be. Because I imagine he'd be twenty nine when he signs this. Because he turns twenty nine on April sixteenth. So twenty nine to thirty three. Like I don't, I don't think Nikita Zadorov falls off at 32. 30. You're not yeah. worried about the back half of the contract being like, oh no, what are we gonna do here? How are we gonna survive this? I think he's fully functional just with the way he plays the game, the big body presence, the physicality that he brings, the way he can skate, and his willingness to transport the puck himself. I think all of those elements translate to the age of 33. And then you know what? If he's still at that peak, that still gives another him another two, two, three, yeah. four contract year yeah. contract to cash in on on the back end. Uh, this says the Zad Dog must return. Zad Dog. And this from Shubes. Final game hat trick. Zaddy's a star. When you add in the assist that he had on Wednesday, he's actually a two point per game player. Four points in his last two games. 
undeniable math. You can't deny that. The Flames talk abacus at work. Yeah, there it is. Uh, there's our look inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Hello, fans. Calgary Co-op has refreshed its membership just for you. Now you can shop, save, and win with the new Calgary Co-op app. Download on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. I did want to touch on this because the number one affiliate of the Calgary Flames, the Calgary Wranglers, have announced their roster. They open their 23-24 season Friday night on the road against the Manitoba Moose. They play four road games before they open up late this month for their home opener. But they announced their roster. It's 26 players. They don't have the same roster rules the NHL does. So they're going with three goalies, Dustin Wolf, Oscar Danscrum last year, and Connor Murphy, who we saw in Penticton and, and who I just... Continue to tell Flames fans, keep an eye on Connor Murphy. Uh, the goaltending department, Sigalette and, and his crew, they really like this guy. And he's starting in the American League. We'll see what type of games he can get in. But they're a, they really like, they think they've got something there. I'm just, I'm curious to see how Murphy evolves here. But I just, it got me thinking. It got you thinking as well. I wonder when, because they've got the three goalies in, in the American League, I just wonder when we see Dustin Wolf get his first shot in the NHL this year. And I don't and I honestly do not know the answer to it. I really don't. I've got I, I I've got some ideas as to when the earliest time that it would make sense would be, but I have no idea what they're going to do. October 29th on the road in Edmonton. How do you feel about that? Don't love that one as much. I'm more. <laughs> that's the Heritage Classic. That's a joke. Oh, that's, that's right. not a. That's, that, totally that wasn't a set. The... That was not a set. Real I totally answer. forgot. That's the Heritage Classic. Right over your head. Score one for me. It's nine Steinberg <laughs> one. <laughs> there, I got you that. Too. All right, you did get me that one. No, so I'm curious. Do the Calgary Flames go match him start for start with Dan Vladar? Because we suspect Vladar will make his season debut on this road trip whether it's the Thursday against the Buffalo Sabres or the Friday against the Columbus Blue Jackets in a back-to-back situation, we're both inclined maybe perhaps it's against Columbus. But so when Vladar gets one, does Dustin Wolf get one? Because for the balance of the month, there's only at home, and I imagine you're going to try and spot start him in at home, is the 24th against the Rangers or the 26th against the St. Louis Blues. Those are your only two options this month carrying into Just November. hold on. Before, before you go any further into November... That's the that's the week that I had highlighted as well. So they come home after this five game trip. The Wranglers will have been done. So I I, I did a little uh, cross referencing. Uh, so the Wranglers do not play that whole week. So they go they go two on the road, nothing. Two on the road, nothing. Back to back weekends, and so they do not play that entire week until their home opener that weekend you could easily get them in to that Thursday game against St. Louis. I don't do that. You don't do that. I would do it. they're if at home. If you're going to give me one of the two choices, I give him the 24th against the Rangers because if you give Dustin Wolf the 26th, that's four days off for Jacob Markstrom heading into the Winter Classic. I would think he would want a tune-up game going up to Edmonton, going outdoors before so actually you, going in. So I would go the 24th. Or 26th. 24th is the Rangers, 26th is the Blues. I don't know if the Flames have any interest in doing that. I really don't. I don't know if they would uh, if they're ready to go down the let's pop Dustin Wolf into a game that early into the season. That would be game 7 and game 8 of the year. I don't right. know, but that is the first time when you take a look at the American League schedule and the NHL schedule, the first time that it makes sense and where there's a, a really good opportunity when both teams are in the city at the same time. Yeah, so flipping the calendar. I don't know if 
neither of those are ideal. If you're saying it's going to be one of these two, I go against the New York Rangers. But if you push it to November, they're at home on the first against Dallas. Maybe don't love that. But what about the seventh? And I have no prep on where the Wranglers are on November 7th. But I think a good landing spot might be opposite Saros and the Nashville Predators at home on Tuesday, November 7th. Okay, so Tuesday, November 7th, you say. I'm just going to go quickly. No idea if that lines up with anything that will fit the Wrangler schedule. So they will be, yeah, they'll be at home. Uh, so they play Friday, November 3rd, Sunday, November 5th against San Jose at the Saddle Dome. Then they're off for the entire week until they head to California on November 10th. So what, uh, Tuesday is the 7th? That'd be a perfect time as well. They're at home. They won't be traveling. Uh, you could easily get them in there as well. The only downside to that is is neither Markstrom or Vladar will have started in four games when you head out on a three-game road trip through Eastern Canada. You'd have the Leafs and Senators back-to-back, two days off, and then the Montreal Canadiens. So again, there's no perfect answer to this situation. We don't even necessarily know how many games Dustin Wolf is going to be penciled in for, but those are some potential landing spots for me. I really like the opportunity for him to play opposite Saros because that's the guy that... In theory, they're modeling this system after with the three goaltenders and how they brought in Saros. And then, of course, there's just the stature comparison as well. I think it just sets up too easy from a from a storyline standpoint. Maybe that's the writer in me going, that would be great. Let's get the shorter goalie against the shorter goalie yeah, that's really weird, actually. in this situation. Why are you so concerned about their statures, Vic? Well, I'm uh, just saying that's who he's going to model his game after at the NHL level. You might as well share the ice with him. Uh, this says, what are the cap implications of bringing Wolf up? Is there LTIR cap space available? Uh, yeah, they're well into LTIR, and they could also go more into LTIR if they wanted. They don't have Kevin Rooney on LTIR right now, so they could easily pop him onto the long-term injured reserve too if they needed to. But I think they've got the uh, I think they've got more than enough space to go down that road if they want to. Uh, Dustin Wolf's cap hit is only at uh, eight thirteen, so I think they'd be able to bring him up without a whole lot of without a whole lot of uh, juggling needed uh, with Shillington on LTIR to begin with. So I I don't there there really aren't. I guess what I'm saying is, long story short, they'd be able to do it without any negative cap implications or or having to send players down or or get creative. Yeah, they would have the roster size as well. They've got 22 of 23 on the active roster, right. so you'd have the one spot, and you, they can up add up to 2.4 million in LTIR stuff, so they could do it. Curious. And I'm not saying, look, we still don't even know to what extent they're going to do that and and kind of do the recall thing and, and pop them between both teams. We don't know, but that is the uh, cap implication side of things. Um Wedley wants to know, how are the uh, stature of Pat's elbows on his shirt? It's a hoodie today, so I'm good. Don't have to worry about that. But the shirt underneath has elbows free. I mean, it's it a, is a t-shirt. T-shirt, but. so. Uh, okay. We're moving closer to the Heritage Classic. We are exactly uh, 16 days away. <laughs> I almost said we're exactly two weeks away. I'm like, nope, that's nope. not right, because it's a Sunday. Uh, see? I need the abacus. We're you exactly do. 16 days away 
from the Heritage Classic in Edmonton and Commonwealth Stadium. Tickets still available for the game on the Sunday. And if you're going up early, you're a Flames Talk listener in Edmonton, uh, and you want to enjoy some more festivities, make sure you check out the WestJet NHL Fan Park, which is going on in downtown Edmonton uh, at Ice District, right outside Rogers Place. So a great spot for it. They'll have all kinds of activations, fun for everybody, live music, stuff for the kids, stuff for adults, all kinds of uh, NHL activations, including their United by Hockey Mobile Museum and a whole lot more. Get your to Ice District on the Friday and Saturday before the Heritage Classic. So that's the 27th and 28th prior to the game on the 29th is the WestJet Fan Park downtown Edmonton. Go check it out for more information. All you got to do is head on over to uh, NHL.com slash Heritage Classic. That's for schedule of events, appearances, fan reminders, and a whole lot more. NHL.com slash Heritage Classic. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time now for a Friday edition of your Daily Flames Roundtable brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. Get the chance to drive a brand new GLC 300 with zero down for $1,099 a month. Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, minutes from the Calgary Airport. Steinberg, Vickers, and now the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills, joins us to complete our Daily Flames Roundtable. Gents, uh, Flames kick off a five-game road trip Saturday night in Pittsburgh. Also takes them through Buffalo and Columbus and Detroit and Washington. Not in that order, but uh, those are the five cities they'll visit on this upcoming five-game road trip. Uh, Vix and I kicked this around a little bit earlier this hour, so I wanted your take on it too, Derek. Just what's a, what's a successful road trip look like over these next five games? Well, I hate to put a glass ceiling on the Flames, but... If they come home with six of a possible 10 points, I think that would be pretty successful for a team that's, you know, trying to figure some things out early in the season. I guess a lot of teams are, but uh, the Flames do have a new GM and a new coach and uh, a new way of playing the game. So they're trying to to sort all that stuff out. But Daryl Sutter used to say that if you can come home with more points than the number of games that you played, then that was a successful road trip. So I tend to agree with that. But you know, with that said, guys, they're playing against five non-playoff teams from last year. Now, with that said, the Penguins are a perennial playoff team. They just happen to miss last season. Uh, I do expect the Capitals, Sabres, and Red Wings to at least be in the playoff race this season. And I think the Sabres and Red Wings are certainly two young teams on the rise. So I'm not saying that it's an easy schedule, but uh, all winnable games. You get the Penguins in the second half of a back-to-back. So... Yeah, if they could come home with six or or more points, that would be a a good trip for them, I think. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I am going to go with seven by way of a three one-and-one record. I'm going to declare not just the points, but the record they're going to return to Calgary on after that Washington, or pardon me, after that Detroit Red Wings game on Sunday, October 22nd. I just think that the way that this shapes up, and Wilsey, you said it, but you also gave credit the other way, Five teams that weren't in the playoffs last season are the five teams they'll face, but the Calgary Flames weren't a playoff team either. That said, I'm really curious to see how Jacob Markstrom continues. I'm curious to see if some of the defensive miscues and the breakouts coming out of their own end get remedied on this road trip because I think this is a great opportunity for the Calgary Flames both on and off the ice to come together a little bit more. So I'm going to go with 3-1-1 one, and one is my declaration. Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually don't know if I have a, um, you know, a point figure that is because I, I could see them 
looking a certain way and losing three of five and uh, still coming home and saying, yeah, you know what? I think that was a successful trip because I think right now they've got so many other things that they also need to worry about. And and as I said a little earlier this hour, Derek, I, to, to me for the first, you know, 10 games or so of the season, I'm more of a process guy and more of a what type of improvement are we seeing from them over a game-by-game basis or a five-game segment here and a five-game segment there because they clearly have a lot to fine-tune from Wednesday's season opener. So I want to see at the end of this trip how that has gone, and I want to see how Huberdo and Lindholm, how that chemistry evolves, and if they can find a spot at some point on this road trip consistently for a Sharon Govich or a Ruzichka or a Dubé, and if something starts or some things start to become a little more clear. And so if those things happen, but they end up going 2-2-1, two, two, and one, I'll still come back saying, yeah, there's there's pretty successful little time away because they come back better set up for the rest of the season than they were before. So that's kind of the way I would look at it. And the last thing I'd say about this upcoming trip, they might need, in fact, decent chance they will need Jacob Markstrom to be at a similar level to what he was on Wednesday because they are figuring themselves out still because they are still trying to get comfortable with some new X's and O's. They, they might need Jacob to bail them out for a few games to, to yeah. get some of the proper results as they become more comfortable with the way they need to play. Yeah. And I would think that Jacob would probably get four of the five games and I like him better than I like any of the opposing goaltenders that the flames will face on this road trip. And I do, I see where you're coming from, Pat. And maybe it's, it's about what happened last year for me when it comes to the process, but it felt like almost all of last season, we were talking about how important the process was, but ultimately it is a results-based business, but I do think the two things are tied together. And I think especially early in the season, the process is important because you're trying to figure out who you are as a player. You're trying to figure out who you are as a team. In this case, there have been some big changes as far as, the, the way the Flames play, their their system or their style, especially in the defensive zone, they're trying to sort that out. So I think the process is important, but I also know that the results are important because for a good chunk of last season, you know, the, the Flames, you could argue, played the right way, but didn't get the right result. Uh, I think about that game against the Bruins. I think that's just the best example I can come up with where, yeah, they outshot their opponent, outchanced their opponent, outplayed their opponent probably should have won by three or four goals and lost. And there were too many of those types of games last season. And yeah, it might be easier to swallow those types of losses earlier in the season than it is later in the season. But two points in October mean just as much as two points in April. And the Flames missed the playoffs by two points last season. So yeah, the process is important. And it would be great if they could get some answers and if they could look like they're they're more on the same page and have kind of figure out this new D zone by the time they come home. But it'd also be good if they could bring some points home with them and uh, kind of kill two birds with one stone, if you know what I mean. Let me ask you this, fellas, and Wilsey, I'll start with you. On this five-game road trip, which will feature the Penguins, Capitals, Sabres, Blue Jackets, Red Wings, what's the toughest game for the Calgary Flames? And Pittsburgh's playing the second of back-to-backs. They'll be playing Washington Friday night before hosting the Flames. The Detroit Red Wings, to end the road trip, are playing the second of back-to-backs. What's the toughest test for the Flames on this road trip? 
Well, that's a tough one. I mean, Crosby and Malkin and Latang are always tough. But uh, to your point, it is the second half of a back-to-back, which might not be as taxing for the Penguins because both games are at home and it's early in the year and uh, they're, they're relatively healthy at this point. Uh, the Capitals are always tough in that barn. Uh, I think talent-wise, you could argue the Sabres are the best team, but they're also a young team and, and an unproven team. I think the Blue Jackets on paper looks like the easiest game of the trip, and I'm not sure what to make of the Red Wings yet. Again, I think they're a, a young, talented team that is on the rise, but are they ready to take that next step? If you, if you hold my feet to the fire, Aaron, I would probably say the Sabres game, uh, only because the Penguins game is the second half of a back-to-back. For me, th- there's no question the toughest game is Detroit, just because of the uh, the schedule. Third and four without even a full 48-hour turnaround. It's an earlier yeah. start against Detroit on the Sunday. Uh, those third game, That third game of the four is usually the difficult one. Like I'm not as worried about the second half of the back-to-back in Columbus. I'm more worried about that third game uh, in four nights when they take on Detroit 3 o'clock Calgary time uh, a week from Sunday. That, to me, I think is going to be the one that's got the potential of being a scheduled loss or where they're skating in quicksand. That one seems like it's going to be difficult. Skating in Lucky Charms, by chance? Well, Brandon. No, I can see I can see the reasoning there, even though the Detroit Red Wings themselves will be playing the second of back-to-back games. They'll be sitting at home, not necessarily waiting for the Calgary Flames, but they do have that luxury and that... As you mentioned, it's an afternoon 1 p.m. local time start for the Detroit Red Wings. But I might lean the Buffalo Sabres. Like, I'm a big fan of what both the Sabres and the Red Wings have built and are starting to build. And I think that once they hit their stride, they'll be in contention for 5, 10 years consistently. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Wilsey. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Sabres on this one. Okay. You know what, Pat? You kind of swung me a little bit. No! Yay! I just yeah. agreed Yay. with you. I know. I'm sorry. But uh, you know what? Three and four, it, it's a long road trip to start the season. Uh, I think the guys are gone for 10 days. And if you've had uh, a good trip, uh, sometimes you can get caught with one foot on the ice and one foot on the plane because you're looking forward to going home. So those games can be trap games for sure. And even though I think the Sabres are a more talented team than the Red Wings, although, the, again, both good young teams, uh, I think Pat might have swung me on this one. What if, what if I told you, Wilsey, that the Flames would be facing one of Alex Lyon or James Reimer in net as opposed to Vili Husso? That helps a little bit. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Daily Flames roundtable <laughs> with uh, Derek, Aaron, who's given up, and uh, Pat. As kind of a you know, similar, uh, similar wavelength. We don't have to go too deep on this. Vix and I talked a little bit about this on Thursday. I'm curious as to if we're still on the same page and where you are on it. Where, uh, where's the best spot for Vladar to get a start on this trip? When does, when does Dan Vladar start his first game of the season? I'm curious if we're all on the same page on this one. Well, for me, it's uh, either going to be the opener or the closer of the back-to-back, so Thursday in Buffalo or Friday in Columbus. And knowing we were going to be chatting about this, I did look up the numbers for both Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar versus those two teams. Uh, Markstrom has very good numbers against both the Sabres and the Blue Jackets, but Vladar's got better numbers against the Sabres than he does against the Blue Jackets uh, with a below 900 save percentage against those guys. So I would probably go with Vladar versus the Sabres, 
and Markstrom versus the Blue Jackets. I believe Markstrom is, I can look it up quickly here, 944 in his career against the Blue Jackets. So, uh, yeah, I would go in that order, but I wouldn't dig my heels in or uh, be overly upset if Ryan Husky went in a different direction either. I was told there'd be no homework, so I do not have stats to prep and, and back my claim, but I would go Vladar against the Columbus Blue Jackets. That gives you that's Jacob. The Friday night in the second half of the back. Yes, that's back. the Derek's, second. Derek saying Thursday, just to paint a visual picture, Thursday against Buffalo is the first half of the back-to-back. Friday against Columbus is the second half, and you're going Friday. Yeah, that'll give two off days between the Washington start and the Buffalo start for Markstrom, and then an additional two days, you get the Friday, Saturday off before that afternoon-ish, matinee-ish, 1 p.m. local start in Detroit. I would just go... I would go for the dark against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It, sorry, isn't that a 5 p.m. Eastern start? The Which, Columbus game is. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, it, it is. It is. I'm Eastern. bad at area codes or area codes, time zones. Pardon Columbus me. is a 7 Eastern. <laughs> Detroit's a 5. Bad at area codes, too. Um, bad no, at I'm math. 403, Aaron. Now I'm all thrown Thanks, off. buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, we're also we're also five eight seven, and there's a new area code in no. Alberta too. What? I, I just don't know what it is now. There's three area codes in Alberta. I found that out recently. Um, I I to break the tie. Uh, I just because I want Markstrom fresh for that game Friday in Detroit because I think it's going to be a difficult one. I would go. Markstrom, Buffalo on Thursday, Detroit on Sunday, and then that second half of the back-to-back, I'd go Friday, Vladar against Columbus. And and because it's it's mainly just for Jacob Markstrom being fresh because he, because they're going to be playing a third and four, because I think that's going to be a tough game against Detroit, I'd go Markstrom Thursday, Sunday. He stays fresh, but he gets that extra day off in there, and that's when you go to your backup against Columbus on Friday. But I don't, I'm not really strong on either one. Yeah, I'm with you. You I know, it's early in the season. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's fresh. And I expect Markstrom, if he's healthy, to play around 60 games this season. It might be a little bit lower than that, depending on what they do or don't do with Dan Vladar and do or don't do with Dustin Wolf and how many games they, they try to get him. But I expect him to start around three quarters of the games. So if you look at the schedule, he played against the Jets in the home and season opener. I think he'll play against the Penguins and the Capitals in the first two games of the road trip. So there's three. And if you want to go uh, three for Markstrom and one for the other guy or guys, then uh, the next game would be the Sabres. But again, Pat, I think you can make pretty strong arguments both ways. Just curious, Wilsey, not to put you on the spot. Would Vladar starting against Buffalo be a bit of a showcase game for Dan Vladar in front of uh, a team that's very likely starting a rookie goalie this season? Potentially, although if you think that you're a playoff contender or a Stanley Cup contender, does Dan Vladar get you over the hump? Or are you looking for maybe a more established guy? Uh, And again, uh, it would probably depend on how he played. (laughs) When you take a look at his uh, career numbers against the Sabres, he's been pretty good, 243-913, but uh, only played a couple of games. So Mm -hmm. take that for what it's worth. Rebuttal? Are you good? No, I appreciated that answer. That's uh, he did his homework. You, I didn't. You've you been. You know what though? You know what? I mean, the Sabers are a team that's building, right? So maybe with their window being wide open at some point, and with them having an extended window to win, maybe they would be looking for 
an up and coming goaltender as opposed to an established guy. Vladar is 26. He's young by NHL standards. Goaltenders tend to develop at a slower rate than, than defensemen and forwards. So I don't know, maybe that would be a good showcase game. No rebuttal. Kevin Sweet. You asked the question, so I was like, oh, what, I got to answer them too? Well, got to double end this? Typically the way we do things. Oh, okay, my bad. Bye, Willsy. See you on Saturday. Okay, have a good weekend, everybody. Uh, Derek Wills, Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. That's your Daily Flames Roundtable brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. Book your winter detail package today for $349. Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, minutes from the Calgary Airport. Few texts, 960 <laughs> Uh, Matt and Cochran says Pittsburgh will be starting their backup. So they're my choice for the uh, easiest game of the trip. Uh, this says, uh, guys, the five games after the road trip will be the test. Rangers, Blues, Oilers, Stars, and Seattle. That comes from Colin and Calgary. That's fair. Mm-hmm. They come home, and that Rangers game, I think, will be tough as well uh, because they only get the one day before they hit the ice for Tuesday's game against New York. And we have gotten to the bottom of the area code thing. Not only are there four area codes, so four? 780-587-403. You know, you're a, you, you were born a 780 guy because you're from GP. Yeah, I'm a 403 born and raised. So you're just used to, oh, there's two areas. Montague's in the Capulets right here, buddy. 587 was added however long ago. And then, so 587 created in 2008. 825 created in 2016. And now 368 created last year. There's an 825? Yeah. I've been ducking those calls like nobody's business. That just seems like a fake thing to me. 368 isn't much better. But at least now that I know that it's new, then maybe I can deal with it a little bit. But I had 825 2016 onward. I'm not certain I've ever gotten a call from 825. I, keep I don't the, get many phone calls. Whenever, to start I, with. whenever I hear 368, now I'm just going to think of get low. Yeah. 369. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can think of. I was like, <laughs> three, six, is that, eight, is that, does that show 368? Like, is that show my age? Yes. If Lil oh. John and the East Side Voice is the first thing that I go to. Is that a classic now? Oh, absolutely. That is a classic club banger. Get low. No doubt about it. That thing's like from 2006. That long ago, eh? <sighs> Time flies when 2009 you're 2009 is uh, what it says on my internet. No, that's a movie called Get Low. The song released Feb 18, 2003. That makes more sense because I might have frequented establishments that would play it every Friday and Saturday night. Well, that's a lot of idle conversation to uh, wrap things up this hour. He's Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. We've got uh, two people in the other room who have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Cam Hughes and Taylor Dingman are Gen Z's, are our producers this hour. That'll wrap us up on the Sports Drive this hour. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockandSafe.com.